It's Thursday. You know what that means. Welcome in the Highly Disputed. My name is Dylan Bishop. With me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? Welcome to the uh, Christmas show here. It's uh, yeah. three uh, three days out. Do I got that right? Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Yes. So twenty uh, second. Yeah, it's a different type of week. Coming at you a day late. We're recording before lunch, um, yeah. which is uh, has never. I don't think it's been recorded before lunch before, has it? We've only. We we were discussing this earlier where we used to do shows in the morning on the radio. Apparently, it was twice a week. I have no recollection of that, but we did do it in the I morning. I think it was only for a few weeks that we were actually recording them. But there was a time because had the the origin story, I believe, has never been told on this show. Um, it started out in the radio practicum class at Shepherd. I was doing a show that we called The Triple Option with uh, Jared Faust and Seth Van Zomeren. And after that semester was over, the uh, the director of the Shepherd radio station asked us to keep the show going. He was like, hey, this is a good show. So we did that. And that next semester, it was really just me and Jared for the most part. Seth had a lot of like work in the mornings or like class or whatever. So a lot of times it was, it was just me and Jared, and Seth kind of fell off. And then eventually... Uh, Mike McGough was like, hey, why don't you guys split up so we can have some more stuff in the mornings? Like, you, you know, two of you do, two, you know, instead of you guys both doing the same days, why don't you split it up? Each do twice a week. And I was like, all right, well, I don't really feel like doing this by myself. So I reached out to old Ryan Stickle that I knew from a couple of my communications classes. I was like, hey, do you want to do a radio show? And he's like, sure. And that was, we were doing it. I, it was going to be Jared's Jared Tuesday, Thursday, me Monday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, ideally. But I was like, I don't feel like doing it three times. So we'll do a Monday, Friday. And we did a few episodes of that Monday to Friday, just airing it on the radio. And then eventually we figured out how to record what was going over the air on WSHC. So. We did that, and it was like, hey, we can just upload this, and it can be a podcast. And eventually, we came up with the name, Highly Disputed, combining the names of uh, the two uh, sports talk shows, Highly Questionable and Undisputed with Skip and Shannon. R.I.P., Highly, uh, highly, highly Questionable. Question. Right, yeah, we've, we've outlived it, so now we kind of kind of... Uh, <laughs> we own it. it. We can avoid any lawsuits from that. We don't have to... Uh, we were never sent a uh, cease and desist, so we made it through. There you go, and you know... Dan Levitard probably didn't care either. But <laughs> no. But yes, at the time, this was a like 9 a.m. show. So Something for our like first that. handful of episodes, which I, I meant to at one time re-upload because uh, the way things gone uh, were, they they are uh, gone from the uh, from the feet podcast feed. But I still have them, so technically I can upload them. But the the first ever episode that we recorded is uploaded. Um, but the other four that we did that semester, we did five. Last one did not get recorded <laughs> for a different reason. We should upload those and say that they're new and just see <laughs> and just see, see if see, anybody actually listens and see if they, they go, see, hey. Yeah, see if anyone notices. Like, hey, why are you guys talking about Russell Wilson on the Seahawks? 
<laughs> it's like it's like wow you guys uh really supportive of the uh, deshaun watson's a bit odd <laughs> <laughs> listen the, the the episode where we're very supportive of deshaun watson is already uploaded it is on there it's um, like... <laughs> what was it what what year would that have been was that uh, 2019 18 the the uh the morning show version of this like the oldest that we have recorded um it would have been fall 2018 yes jeez i'm just trying to think back to like what was going on fault i mean i guess that's like will greer era the first episode that we ever recorded is called horns down and it's us talking about the will greer texas Uh, game yeah that's a great one Mm -hmm. so that one it was re-uploaded in like 2020 man so man that was a good time for for me for football Yes. Will Greer's at WVU. The Steelers were good. They had a good offense. Man, take me back. Yep, the Ravens. Quite the opposite opposite now. The Ravens had Lamar Jackson. They weren't using them yet. Towards the end of the year, they were. Yeah. Yeah, I saw uh, that was the – because that was his rookie year, right? That's when he started halfway through. It was. Yeah, I I saw – got to see Flacco's last start in person. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. When he when Lamar was in the end zone wide open, he didn't throw it to him. Uh, it's a classic moment there, man. Twenty eighteen, yeah. the Knicks were pretty trash. Uh, now they're slightly above average. So we've yeah. come a long way, right? And I remember at the time when we were doing those Friday morning shows, it would we would always laugh because we would do it at about nine a.m. on Friday, and it was inevitable by about noon. Or the evening that day, some sort of big news would drop that day. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, the show was always outdated. Yep. So I think the I feel like the best version of this show was like Thursday nights. That was the one. That was uh twenty fall of twenty nineteen into twenty into twenty twenty. Because like the NFL week was just starting. So like Thursday night football was coming on. And then, like, you know, Thursday night's like a big NBA night once you get into that. Yeah. It was a good good time slot. And it's late enough in the week to where, like, the 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 week prior of games wasn't ancient history. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it reasonably. And then you could also, you know, reasonably preview the coming week because, you know, it started. So Thursday night, good night. Yeah, and it was a good time for us. We'd go to the station at 8 o'clock at night on a, on a Thursday evening. And then we would uh, leave and uh, go have our fun. Yeah, there's the uh, the oral history of highly disputed for you. It's, yep, that's kind of the the gist of it. That's there's your Christmas Christmas story of the season. There, that's we're not going to read the night before Christmas or anything like that. We're just going to tell you about the show. Yep, there you go. That's a real Christmas story right there. <laughs> it's a true, true. Not miracle. like that. Not that like not like that overrated movie everybody watches on TV. Oh my every gosh. Year. Don't get me started. We'll do it for the, the second year in a row. We'll we'll just bash and dunk on that movie. <laughs> we, that's right. Michaela did do that on last year's episode, didn't she? Yeah, pretty. And then I think we we pretty much all joined in. I think we were all in a good. We definitely piled on. Yeah. I think uh, I, I think it's a generational thing. I don't I don't think yeah. people. I don't know really anybody our age who like loves that movie or makes a point to say they that they at least like that movie it's very much people who grew up in, in a certain time 
yeah, I mean, you just it's just familiarity relating to it and whatnot. It's like, you know, I mean, and this is every generation. They just kind of like what they liked when they were young. It's, it's pretty normal. I yeah. think for that movie, it, it's a couple generations. It's, it's the people who grew up with the movie, and it's the people who grew up when that movie kind of takes place. So it's, yes. it's, got, it's, got, like, it's got two generations going for it, which I think is, is what carries it. Whereas our generation, it's, you know, it's elf or whatever. Our generation gets nothing because now culture has devolved to the point where everything is nostalgia and sequels because that's what's most efficient. Yeah, I, it's every year I just sit and think, man, when was like the last holiday classic? And it, might, it was probably Elf. It's yeah, just Elf, and like I just can't, I can't even imagine because of the way we consume media now, I can't imagine there being another like widely beloved Christmas special coming out there's good christmas movies and specials here and there if you find them like there's a movie on netflix i think it's called jingle jangle and it's pretty cool it's a good movie it's like a musical it's got uh forrest whitaker is like an old toy maker it's a good movie but like only so many people have seen it it's not gonna be some like big deal um i know abc released a special probably about 10 years ago at this point called prep and landing. It's just like a little Disney I did see cartoon. That. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and they, they air that every year and I've watched it a couple times. It's a solid thing, but like, it's not a household. No, there's the, uh, what <laughs> is it? The guardians of the galaxy Christmas special this year that I, I haven't that, seen yet, but I thought that was cute. It's, you know, it's like I mean, a lot of it is like, that's the thing with a, most Christmas movies is like, they're not some, it's not some fine piece of art. It's just cute. It's fun. It makes you feel good. Hopefully, like, yeah. It's you know, it's it is what it is. But yeah, unless it's unless it's it's a wonderful life because tremendous movie. And that's the one. That's the those are the ones that that stand the test of time when they're actually good movies to boot. So, yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. We'll, we'll circle back around one day, maybe like one of these things. Because there's still movies that break through. Yeah, it's just all spread out because it's like it's either a Netflix movie and it's like, oh, well, you just only the people that have Netflix are going to watch this. Maybe maybe some people from word of mouth get Netflix to what to go and watch it. But then it's not even everyone that has Netflix is going to watch it because they've got a 500 other things they got to watch first. You know, so much to watch. And, you know, even back when Elf came out. 2003, you when you saw a movie, you went to the movies and if not, you, you know, you bought it on video or whatever. And then on TV, it's the, it was still at that point, the broadcast networks were the big thing. And then you had like a couple kids networks on cable and then maybe three other cable networks outside of that, that really mattered. Yeah. Like the TBSs of the world and TNT and, and that was, that was about it. ABC family. I mean, that's, that's what you watch. So, we're, we're spreading ourselves thin here. I just, yeah, I think that's the the way that like content companies work now isn't by producing quality. It's it's quantity over quality, hundred percent. Because you just do you know make whatever you can you know you know make some sequels, pe- stuff people already know about, 
and just pile on. And eventually enough of this, enough of the like million things you pump out will be good and people will spread word of mouth. And, you know, someone like, like Netflix pumps out everything and they eventually it'll be like, Oh, you got to watch Ozark. Oh, you got to watch, you got to watch house of cards. You got to watch this. You got to watch this and eventually pile up, you know, not everything you make has to be good. You just have to like put out a bunch of stuff and enough people will like it and spread the word that it gets around. So, uh, I don't like it. Yeah. And I was talking with Michaela about this, I think last week to, and cause we were watching, um, it was something like one of the, it was like home alone, something in that vein of movie or like miracle on 34th street from the nineties or something. And, I was just sitting there. I was like, you know, outside of the Netflix little things that come out um, and stuff on like, you know, maybe Nickelodeon that nobody really watches anymore. We don't really make like family movies. It's not really a thing anymore. Like it's it's like Disney and Pixar. It's like even like that's about it. We make those type of, you know, like animated features. But I guess the anim like family quote unquote family movies now are just like Marvel movies. Like kids, yeah. They're, they're, like they're just appropriate enough that kids can kind of go see them at, at a certain age. Um, because like think of I'm trying to think of like the movie Big Fat Liar, for example, where it's mm. like a, a couple kids stars, a pretty famous adult g- gets tagged into it, who's a good actor, and it's just like a fun, silly movie where Paul Giamatti, it, it's, it, Paul Giamatti. Um, and it's it's enjoyable for kids, and it's just good enough that an adult can sit through it without wanting to like die. Yeah, <laughs> we kind of lost that. Where like the kids stuff Definitely. is so strictly for kids. Like last night, I was just <laughs> I I was watching the Rugrats, uh, one of the Rugrats Christmas episodes, and I'm sitting there, and some of the jokes straight up are just landing. Like they're just funny. <laughs> like it's just adults like it's just dialogue between adults where like it's just funny like it's good humor and it's stuff the kid wouldn't get but it's not like inappropriate it's just like the kid wouldn't care they're, yeah. on, they're waiting until the rugrats come back on the screen yeah it's stuff like that to where like we don't really have that it's all very focused yes. some yeah. of that on, like, entertainment people, yeah people on twitter like that show um who have kids they like that show bluey they say that one's funny hmm um it's on like disney channel i think and disney plus but uh even that's like a preschool show like i'm sure the the, the stuff that's good is kind of few and far in between even right. there like it's also catered it's very focus grouped you don't yeah. really get like a bunch of weird stuff randomly now it's i like there's like four type of movies that studios know will make money so they just put all the resources into that and you don't you don't really get a whole lot of weird stuff unless it's like indie films or like A twenty four. We're not making like we're not making Freaky Friday anymore. We lost it. We don't have we did we don't have the Parent Trap. Like they don't they they put those movies on Netflix and they are really bad and low budget. And then we yeah, don't hear about and we just them. get remakes of the same movies that have Literally, already come out. They they came out with and and this is what really kills me is a few years ago. They called it a Disney Channel original movie, Freaky Friday, and go to hell. It, <laughs> and it was just like a reboot of Freaky Friday, and it's just worse in every way. Here's the thing, and I'll I'll say this, and we can probably move on, but they call them Disney Channel original movies, 
a good chunk of them, well, well over half of them are based on books. Therefore, they are not original movies. <laughs> like go and they, it might not be obvious, like with credits they show and whatever, but go back and look through some of the like earlier Disney Channel original movies, and just go to like the Wikipedia page or whatever, and it'll just say like flatly based on a book by this person. That's not an original movie. Yeah, it's not how it works. So, yeah, we can move on after this because I got something that really made it made me mad. <laughs> and another thing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it was this, of all things, that made me so mad. But when I saw the trailer for Netflix's That 90s Show, oh it, man, it pissed me off. <laughs> because Netflix, you had the original. It was right there. You could, it, it's not there anymore. So you could have rebought the rights to that 70s show. And I feel like that would have drew more people back to Netflix than like was a, re- it? a shitty reboot. Is it cheaper for them? And maybe somebody else bought the rights. I don't know where that thing went. Um, but like to buy the rights to that entity, like that property and those characters, and then produce a show, is that really cheaper than just buying the rights to the show that people already like? like exactly. That's, that's what remaking, I'm saying. We are we're just remaking the same stuff over and over again. It's like the office. And I'm watching and you know I'm why watching, they, you, yeah. You know why they don't make more of the office or reboot the office is because like people still watch the office. They just rewatch yeah. it over and over. Just and let I'll... people do that and give the new, give people new content for the ones who want it <laughs> instead of just the same. Like if I want to watch the same show repeatedly, I'll just do that. Yeah. And I, well, I'm watching the trailer for, uh, for this, that nineties show. And I'm like, this is clearly made by millennials that grew up watching that seventies show. And they just like they were just like I want to make this show. It's like no, this show was already made. You can't. You don't get to make it again. And they also come up with something new. They also, <laughs> and it wasn't so much. And it's oh, just it's gonna be worse versions of the same jokes. That's all it's gonna be. Yeah, it's, uh, Red Foreman is gonna go say I'll kick your ass, and they'll. He's gonna off. put. He's gonna. Red Foreman's gonna say I'm gonna put my foot up your ass, dumbass, and yep. everyone everyone claps. Yes. Yep. I can I can do I can do that with better overall writing if you just bring back that 70s show, please. Honestly, that was one of my COVID watches. Same. Spe- specifically a, a COVID because I got my wisdom teeth out during COVID. So there was an overlap of when I was like truly inside and just doing nothing. And uh, that was what I did. I watched that 70s show. Pretty solid overall, I gotta say. Very good. A very show- it's not like top tier sitcom, but it's like Maybe, maybe second tier. Maybe it is watchable. like third tier at worst. It's yeah, it's, it's it's completely watchable all the way through. And and Red Foreman is it's it's a it's a fastball. Let me tell you. And oh, he, absolutely! It's he, 100 he, miles an hour. He. <laughs> it's funny. It's just funny every Chapman. time. And it probably will be funny on the new show, though mm-hmm. a little more a little more sad because he is older and the show's less funny. But yeah, it's just like man. You couldn't let have anybody else play that role. Yeah, no, you really couldn't. I this is also this is another tangent because you got me going. Is um, that's fine? I was on Reddit or something, and I saw in a comment to where like there was a British version of that '70s show, and I can't remember what it was called. I think it had a different name, and they had the pilot episode, and it it was straight up like kind of like season one of The Office, how they just rehashed The Office. Uh... They didn't like have characters yet. And I watched the like the first ten minutes 
of the the British version, and it was awful because that show, like, it wasn't the most brilliantly written show. Like the actors, as we now know, like most of them became famous and and had very good careers, and some of them still do. Like you know, Ashton Kutcher of all people. Yeah. Um, the actors really made that show and like made those characters. So when you take that script and just put it to a bunch of people, I don't know. And like, yeah, it was also, I feel like, act. <laughs> I also feel like it was kind of like uniquely American. The uh, Like, I don't think that show works as, as British, even like, like great actors. Yeah. Even if you, cause like, it's like 1970s you... teenagers in Wis- in Wisconsin specifically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they tweaked some of it and it, none of it, none of it worked. And like the, they couldn't act. There was no chemistry. Like, yeah, that's and they made that '80s show also, and it was a complete flop. I don't think they even made it like to episode ten. Yeah, what, what, what made people think that like we saw this that first sequel? Like, you think a, a second one's gonna work? I don't know, but whatever. But we're it's you know. it's good thing the first one failed because then uh, we got Always Sunny because um, Glenn Howerton was the lead on that show and it got canceled and. Wow, I totally forgot about that. Yep, and he, I guess, stayed in touch with uh, 20th Century Fox to an extent, and so we got Always Sunny, so it all worked out. You talk about, like, that 70s show not being the top-tier sitcom, that's a a top-tier sitcom. Oh my gosh, 10 out of 10. To me, it's the the best. It's the best live-action comedy show I've ever seen. And it's, it's still good. Yes, it's like still it, going. That's it, part it, of the reason. Like the the top peak to me, like is Arrested Development, the original three seasons. Oh man! But for like peak and longevity, like who's the you know Tom Brady of of sitcoms? It's it's always Sonny. And it's certainly and it, Tom Brady's a great comparison because, um, and we we can use this to segue, um, but yes. but even always Sonny like. It's clearly not quite as good as it used to be, but it is still very good. Now yes. maybe this year's Tom Brady isn't the best example, but yeah, this last like year, I don't think I don't think Always Sunny has reached twenty twenty two Tom Brady yet. Yeah, but last <laughs> year's Tom Brady to where like he clearly it's like forty year old Tom Brady instead of like forty five year old. Yeah, last year's Tom Brady was clearly a worse version, but like found a way to keep the stats up. This year's Tom Brady, the stats have fallen off. So hopefully the next season of Always Sunny, whenever that is, because they seem to be doing it every three years now. Yeah. Um, hopefully that doesn't <laughs> fall off quite as hard. But And listen, that's probably what keeps them from being like bad, is that they're, yeah. not, they're not doing 22 episodes every year. It's like they took two years off and then came out with like eight episodes just to keep it, you know. Yeah. And that's fine with me. I'm good with that. So Absolutely. It's not like a Simpsons uh, type thing yet. Oh man, let's let's hope it never gets there. But yeah, the longer Tom Brady goes, the more he becomes the Simpsons instead of Always Sunny. I think uh, I think he's kind of reached the Simpsons. He cut. Yeah, <laughs> I think this week uh, we can we can we can get into the NFL now, which we yeah. haven't for what seems like probably a, a month. A month, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which it doesn't matter because things have changed six times in a month. So you, right, yeah, it's the, good. It's good for us to like just do a whole big catch up now instead. Yeah. Exactly. So I guess we can get into it. I don't know where you want to start. I mean, Tom Brady blew a 17-point lead, which he's never done, uh, and 
then ended up losing by two scores to the the Bengals this weekend, who the Bengals, for all we said about them, are now in the driver's seat in the division, which doesn't shock me, but it's like, dang, they uh they just keep finding a way. Yeah, we can put this into a whole like a- AFC North kind of thing. The Bengals are clearly the best team in the AFC North. And I say this as a Ravens fan because the Ravens offense is broken. It's yeah. fundamentally broken. I know even with Lamar, it would it was broken before he last missed the last couple games. I it's they they have no receivers. Offensive line is good. You can't blame the offensive line like you had the last couple years. Um the running backs are back getting back healthy. JK Dobbins has looked good last two weeks. Uh since he's come back from his injury, he looks really good. They're running the ball very well. And yet they scored three points against the Browns because one, Tyler Huntley is not good. Like there's that there was points where it was like, oh, well, he looks just as good as Lamar. He's not. Uh, it's just, and he has no receivers to throw to, especially now. Devin Duvernay is put on injured reserve, so they had to go out and sign Sammy Watkins back, back. So now the number one receiver is Demarcus Robinson, who since uh, Rashad Bateman got hurt has been the only wide receiver worth a a damn on the entire team uh, because they don't really do much with Duvernay. And then Mark Andrews and Isaiah Isaiah Likely haven't been doing much. I don't know what's going on with Mark Andrews. I mean, other than Tyler Huntley not seeing him when he's open. Um, Because he he is usually open. Even with teams kind of keyed in on him at this point. Because, I mean, they they had um, they had Duvernay and Bateman being like I mean, at the at worst, serviceable, but like they were both doing pretty well. Yeah. Um. And so you know that that lets Mark Andrews do his thing. But now that teams have have nothing to 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 play with on the outside, like it's it's kind of the Mark Andrews show. But even then, like they don't they don't need to pass the ball. I don't know why they choose to, because like you you saw against the Steelers, and then even this week. Uh, against the Browns, who n- both have, I'd say, at the very least, respectable defenses. Like, the Browns' defense has been better than expected. Uh, they they kind of run yeah. the ball at will. <laughs> and uh, yeah. they just choose to, like, you know, not run the ball every single down. Like, it's to the point where you're like, yeah. why would you now, now that the Now that the nasty man is back, they feel like they got to they gotta give him some run. Yeah, especially... Um, Especially when you have like two or three running backs who you can use. It's not like they have one running back and it's like, well, we just can't run him every game. It's it's, it's like maybe the best running back in the NFL and then also Kareem Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But the Ravens just, they just don't, they aren't s- smartly coached, I guess is the. No, the it's, it's like elementary level passing route concepts combined with wide receivers that aren't good and flawed quarterback play. I love Lamar Jackson. Fantastic running the ball. I think he's a very good passer of the ball, but he is flawed. He's not incredibly good when the pressure does come. Uh, His deep ball has been very inconsistent this year, more so than other years, but it's, it's adds up. to like, if you were to put on just passing, just throwing the ball ability, he's top half of the league. Uh, where exactly in that top half? Maybe like 12, somewhere yeah. in there. 
somewhere like, when you add in these are very good throwing the ball on the run, usually in the red zone as well. But that's been the thing this year. The red zone offense especially is broken. Can't get touchdowns in the red zone. So it's added up to almost no points in the last few weeks. Like I know Huntley's played. Let's I'm going to pull this up here. How, exactly how many points are we talking about here? Because they, they scored three against the Browns, 16 against the Steelers, 10 against the Broncos, and that they, it was three until the very last drive of the game. And you know, 27 against the Jags and a loss, 13 against the Panthers, and that's really where it's it's started. It's been broken since that's then. that's the rough one there. That was the one where it started. It was like, what? What yeah, do you like, mean? What do you mean? Where we have third? We have no like no touchdowns against the Panthers. Yeah, and luckily for them, the defense has been playing pretty well because I mean, defense has been really good. I mean, they've held, held the Steelers. especially since they got Roquan Smith. Because what was it this week? They held the Browns to thirteen, held the Steelers to fourteen. Yep, had um, the, only gave up three to the Broncos, which so that's or nine to the Broncos, which is uh, well, not the not the hardest thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, do, if you hold three every, to the Panthers, yeah, I mean, you hold anybody to nine points in the, thirteen in the to NFL the Saints. Games. Yeah, I mean, that's those are really good numbers for for points, and I know you know points don't tell the whole story, but right, I mean, if you at the end of the day you give up that many points, you should be expected, even with the backup quarterback. You should be expected to, to win right. most of those games. A, a, a pretty good backup quarterback, like one of the better backup quarterbacks. Yeah, in, solid. They're sitting here with the fourth best record in the AFC, and as it stands right now, I don't think they're going to win a playoff game. And yeah. Unless they get a, a favorable matchup. Maybe if it's you – know, they're the five – I think the Bengals are going to win the last week of the season, which will put the Bengals as the division winner. It'll put the Ravens in the wild card spot. Assuming they don't drop a game to the Falcons or Steelers, um, if they're the five seed and they're playing, you know, the Jaguars or Titans, which we got to talk about the Jaguars here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if they're playing one of them, maybe you go on the road, you pull off an upset. But I did the playoff predictor on ESPN the other uh, just yesterday, and it. It ended up with them being the seven seed and playing the Chiefs. The Ravens are not yeah. beating the Chiefs. That's not where you want to be. I'm not sure. Even with the Chiefs' struggles this week, I'm not sure I'd, I'd pick anybody against them at this point. No. I, don't know what, I, I didn't see much of that game. I'm not sure what happened. Patrick Mahomes played a brilliant game, and it was just kind of close. I guess the Texans were, were getting some scores in. I don't know. But even then, it didn't matter. I mean, they... They just pulled it out in overtime, and I think everyone kind of expected them to. I mean, so. The Texans are a little scrappy, you know. I mean, the Cowboys, they, they put up a good fight against them, almost. Yeah, them too. yeah they, they're bad, but they play hard, and so there's some balance there. And even in the NFL, I mean, the 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 margins here are, are pretty thin for the most part. Yeah. Like, even when a team has a bad record, I mean, their, their margin of loss usually – isn't anything absurd like you might see in yeah. uh, college football, for example. Right, like a 14-point spread is considered like, wow, that's crazy for an yeah. NFL game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this it's it's a fine line. It's a game of inches, Dylan. Yes, that sure is. The, uh, I mean, looking at this week, the largest spread looks like it is the Chiefs against the Seahawks. And if you're, you're ten points at, against the Seahawks, man. Ten points against the Seahawks. I mean, I get it's in it's Kansas in, City and everything, yeah. but there's and but would anybody have reason to believe the Seahawks 
can't lose by less than 10. <laughs> like, yeah, Seahawks I mean, the Seahawks have been that. struggling a little bit in the last few weeks. Like, they're down to 7-7 seven and seven now. Uh, they lost to the 49ers. They lost to the Panthers. They only beat the Rams by four. They lost to the Raiders. That's their last four games. Then they lost to the Buccaneers. Uh, if they it's can like... trick, almost trick the Chiefs into not running the ball too much, they have a shot. As weird as that is. Yeah, but I mean, run, hey, the Chiefs, the Chiefs lost to the Bengals, uh, gave up 28 points to Russell Wilson, and then uh, only had to go to overtime to beat the Texans. That's a te- that's the Chiefs' last three games. Rough stretch for them. So even though they're winning, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> a rough stretch for this eleven and three team. Yeah, I mean, how do they do it? And they're ten point favorites this week. So yeah, really. Uh, tell bottom you of the barrel. What's going to be a weird game is Bills at Bears. Oh yeah, because I believe there's another blizzard coming through to to Buffalo. Yeah, there's a there's a big um I believe they're they call it an Arctic blast coming through for <laughs> it sounds like a name much, of like a, a popsicle. Pretty much half the country. It's like the whole east coast. Yeah, we're kinda getting the our part of it now. The Midwest is getting it. Some of it. And it's yeah, it's we're getting this kind of like rain mix and some snow for, for a good portion. And then I guess it's gonna be uh, tomorrow at some point, this wind is going to come through, and it's going to be negative wind chills for most of the NFL games this weekend. So, uh, yeah, there's there's going to be some weird stuff, and that that's what makes me, you know, weary of predicting anything this weekend is because the weather is just going to be so strange. Like even a, a a normal weather game in Miami, that's still a Packers team who. I'm sure by this point is used to the cold and suddenly is going to be in the heat. There's no telling how that game could go. Like the Packers could thrive on that and just be like, Oh, we used to, we're used to playing in the cold. The offense is kind of easy to, to manage here uh, in the warm weather, or it could go the opposite and they might completely crumble under it. So we'll see. Yeah. Justin Fields and Josh Allen are complete wild cards at quarterback. So it's like, uh, and I enjoy it. That should be a fun game to watch in a lot of ways. Yeah, it might not be close, yeah. but I think it will be fun. It'll be an interesting one, you know. Yeah, I mean the the Bears at this point, for all their their flaws, and their offense was terrible early in the year, but like they're suddenly a team who any given week could just score thirty points, and they might give up thirty eight, but at any point they could explode on offense because they have a quarterback who can run eighty yards past everyone. So, right, I mean. I mean, have that Justin Fields, who should have went number two in the 2021 draft at the time, and the Jets decided, no, we need Zach Wilson. Uh, but so we and we see how that's turning out for them. They're kind of dropping out of the. In, you know, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think the Patriots are either. Which boy, do we need to mention that at some point? Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about the number one pick in the draft of that year. And Trevor Lawrence, he's looking like what Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be these last few weeks. Yeah, he's he's really come on, and I'd like to take full credit for it, and the show can take credit for it. We said at the start of the season that he really needs to start showing us something because he's been highly disappointing. Um, and if, if, if he's going to prove that he's worth that number one pick, this is the year to do it. He's got to start 
coming alive here and putting up some numbers and he's done it. And I'd like to think that uh, he listened and, and took that to heart. So I'm just going to take credit for it. I think we should. Yeah. He, he heard us and we lit a fire under him. It just took until about the Ravens game, you know? Yeah. It's uh... although I think he'd been playing well before that, like last couple of games before, before, leading up to that. Yeah. He was playing well. I, I think the, there were some games where he was a little sloppy with the ball and there were some fumbles, uh, some, some untimely interceptions. And so uh, the numbers didn't look great and the outcomes certainly didn't look great for a stretch there, but they're playing good football. He's playing well. And uh, funny enough, we get one of these every year, usually a couple of these every year where Thursday night football tonight and it's Jags at Jets. And in terms of playoff implication, it might be the biggest Thursday night game this season. Who would have thought? <laughs> Jags, Jets, week 15, what, 15 or it's 16. 16. It is week Man. 16. Uh, it and, goes by so fast, you know? And it, <laughs> <laughs> you just can't believe it. I mean, already. Already, yeah. Every yeah. year. I mean, suddenly it's week 10, week 12, week 17. And before you know it, it's the Super Bowl. So, yeah. So, yeah, what the Jags, they were on a five game losing streak starting in they 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 went 0 and 5 in October. They lost by 8 to the to Philly. This was them coming off of uh, you know, you lose week 1 uh to Washington at the last moment. You lose 24 to nothing or you win 24 to nothing and it's the Colts when we thought the Colts were something good. <laughs> Beat up on the Jaguars, thirty-eight to ten, and we're like, "Oh boy, here come, here come the Jags." Then they go and they get humbled by the Eagles, who are look incredible. Lose thirteen to six to Texans, which is still the Texans' only win. Go back and <laughs> lose thirty-four twenty-seven to the Colts, twenty-three seventeen loss to the Giants, twenty-one seventeen loss to Denver, putting you at two and six. But then, since then, you know. You lose to the Chiefs. You get blown out forty to fourteen by uh, by the Lions, which you know, don't we all, right? Yeah, uh, happens. But outside of that, four wins. So they're four and two in the last six weeks since that. So we go. Let's see. Starting in November, Trevor Lawrence against the Raiders, two hundred thirty-five yards, one touchdown, no picks, hundred and nine uh, uh, um, QB rating. Go to the Chiefs, they lose, but 259 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 106 QB rating. Go to the Ravens, he plays out of his mind, leads them on a comeback, 321 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 129.8 QB rating. Goes against the Lions, struggles a little bit, 179 yards, one touchdown, still no picks, 82 uh, QB rating. But also the hottest team in the league, the Lions. The Lions are really picking it up, yeah. Yeah, And they go... Put a beating on the tech on the Titans. He throws 368 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 121 uh, QB rating. And then last week, take the Cowboys, beat him in OT. He throws 318 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, 109 QB rating. He's on, he's played out of his mind. Mm, decent. Yeah. So, and as it stands, um, they control their own destiny to win the AFC South. And, and Ryan Tannehill is looking to be out for the year. It seems. Is that – I didn't even realize that. I saw that report yesterday, so I mean – So if you're the Jaguars, to win the division, you have to go 
You have to beat the Jets tonight. And my and Mike White. Or is it no, it's Zach Wilson. It's Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Mike Mike White. They they and this is the funny thing, and it's such an NFL thing, is that they have searched for a doctor to clear Mike White, but no doctor will. Like the team <laughs> wants him to play, Mike White wants to play, but they can't find a doctor who will clear him. Um, probably because he has a rib injury and it could kill him if he plays. So um that's football for you. And that's football. So we'll see. The Zach Wilson, uh he was Zach Wilson was fine on Sunday, at least numbers wise, but Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, no. He was I saw he's some stat it. that said he's like had one of his worst games actually, in in one like particular uh metric. But for the Jaguars to win the division and host a playoff game after starting two and six, they have to beat Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, and Malik Willis. <laughs> after just having beaten the Cowboys and Ravens. Here's so. what you need to know about the uh, the Titans at the moment. Is that they are at home on Saturday. They're three-point favorites against the Texans. Oh, man. Um, so. Oh. Make of that what you will. That hurt. <laughs> oh. It's a, I, it's a, I didn't even know that. I hadn't looked at it yet. Oh, that hurts. It's a dire time for. So that means if that old. game were in Houston, the Texans would be three-point favorites. That is, that is amazing. Or that is amazing. At the very least, they might, you know, they might give them a pick them. <laughs> <But it's... laughs> no, it's usually you get three points in NFL spreads for a home field advantage. Compared to neutral field, so they should play on a, uh, they should play if on they're playing field. on a neutral field, it'd be a pick'em, and the Texans will be favored in Houston. That's amazing. The Texans, they're scrappy. Maybe the Texans can win some, and the and the Bears can keep losing, and then the Steelers can have the thirty third overall pick for Chase Claypool. <laughs> That'd be something, wouldn't it? That that's already like I mean that's just the fleece. Honestly, can't believe it still. Honest, yeah, and they've but, only they've only lost since they got Claypool, and Claypool has just done nothing. It's been terrible, right? Maybe they fix them in the off season. I don't know, but I mean that that pick, uh, it's the Bears. They don't do much fixing. The, the value, and that pick is I the pick's going to end up being a higher pick than what they used on Claypool. <laughs> yes, just, just incredible because he was a second rounder. So, yeah, good. I'm on, just looking uh, down those, yeah. Good on the Steelers for the absolutely Eagles. Absolutely fleecing though. <laughs> Eagles and Cowboys are playing this week with it looks like it's going to be Gardner Minshew instead of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we'll really get to measure the Jalen Hurts MVP campaign, I guess. Oh man, it's going to be some good takes. That game's on national TV as well. Ooh, Dallas six point favorites. Um, I guess, but like that's one of those. It's, it's just, it, we just don't know. What of, all the, like. of all the of all the the backup QBs in the league you could have Gardner Minshew has got to be like top five. Yeah. And it's a solid situation as well. He's probably not fifth either. You know, like it's got to be, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll be proved wrong here, but it's got to be one of the easiest situations to step into. If you're, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that thing just, and again, great offensive line. We could be proved wrong, but all signs point to that offense kind of running itself. And yes. they've been great because they have a solid quarterback running it. Who well, that's when we, when we had Stephen Ruiz on the show about midseason. And we were asking him, like, you know, why is Jalen Hurts still, like, your number 12 QB? 
It's like, well, it's because he plays he plays on rookie. <laughs> yeah, he's he's playing he's playing football on rookie mode because he's just like he's you're just plugging in him into like almost a flawless offense. Like they like Miles Sanders isn't the, one of the best running backs in the league, but as we've talked about before, a lot of running the ball is your offensive line, which is fantastic for the Eagles. Yeah, best so, in the league. And Jalen Hurts will give you a nice little twelve yard touchdown run. He'll give you one or two good, uh, decent deep balls, but they end up being kind of 50-50 balls for a lot of them that A.J. Brown can come down with. But, I mean, he's placing it there for him. He just says, hey, go make a play because you're good. Yep. And uh, they score 30 points, and that's that's kind of it. And they'll run you into the ground. Defense, they have really good secondary, and they put up points, and so you're going to have to pass the ball, and that's that. So, I, I, again, we'll see. I mean, I – I would imagine Gardner Minshew and and be respectable. Like they're gonna have a passing game to where they can kind of run the ball the way they want to, and it should be a game. I'd imagine. I mean, the Cowboys, yeah, the points, but when it when it kind of matters, they can't get out of their own way. Like they they beat the Colts by a lot couple weeks ago but it took like a 33 point fourth quarter to do it because the Colts much like this past week <laughs> just handed it to them by turning the there ball was over. there was some hilarious games last week there was the Colts blowing a 33 to nothing lead at halftime and the losing blown, to the to the Vikings the biggest blown lead ever the biggest <laughs> comeback ever in uh ever. in regular season at least right in the, I think it's the biggest. Because what was season. that? That pl- it was because there was. I believe. I believe the reason that the broadcast was specifically mentioning, at the time, that a thirty-three point lead has never been overcome in a regular season game is because wasn't there that playoff game? It was what Bills and Oilers that there was a thirty-five point comeback. Was that thirty-five or thirty-two? Mm, that's a great I don't question. Like the way we do. I don't like the way we do these stats because it's like, well, this is the regular season and then there's playoff. Now this has the, cu- yeah, the, the comeback, like, the, Super Bowl the bills. The co- yes. Uh, the Super Bowl is the playoffs. Yeah. So we got too many categories. It's like, it's like Matt Ryan now has been the quarterback on the team that blew the biggest Super Bowl lead and the biggest regular season. The music city miracle. Uh, no. This, this was a different. This was a different thing. Let's see. Yeah, this was the, in, uh, the Bills and Oilers have had a lot of have a lot of of uh, different things going on. Yeah, the Bills are just a ridiculous franchise. Oh, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was thirty. It was thirty-five to three, not thirty-five to nothing. So you're right. So thirty-two. Yeah. So they beat it by one point. Like this was. I'm pretty sure it said this was the biggest in NFL history. I didn't see any other designation because I, I i it was during the game that I, I didn't really get to watch the second half and watch the comeback because i was at a, a family uh, family uh party and sometimes a, you family get christmas those, party sometimes you get those during the game where the the stats people get to it and they go okay we can definitely say this is the biggest regular season one and then later they might do be a little deeper into the research and go okay this is the biggest ever might be kind of what transpired there mm, but yeah i don't 
think enough was made of it, to be honest. As much talk as there was, I don't think enough was made out, out of the fact that that was the biggest comeback in NFL history. <laughs> like, that's incredible. Yeah. No, On I Saturday. think just amazing. <laughs> I was just watching and was like, I, w- I was out and our friend, you know, friend of the show, Cody List, has, uh, was texting Texting me, he's like, yeah, it's uh, it's thirty six to twenty one now. It's like, oh, okay, oh, that's, that's interesting. interesting. And it's like, oh, it's uh, 30, 36, 28 now. It's like, oh man, are they about to really do this? And they sure did. <laughs> yeah, I I saw, and it was it was thirty three nothing. And I mean, that's that's game over, or at least it should be. It sure should be. I saw, so I follow former Giants kicker Lawrence Times on Twitter. He tweets about the NFL and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he followed me. He's one of those people who follows tens of thousands of people. Yeah. And so uh, he followed me one time. I was like, "Oh, that's weird." Lawrence Times followed me, so I followed him back. And, and you know, he just he sticks around on the timeline. He tweets football stuff, but he said, and he was dead serious. Like third quarter, he's like, "The Vikings are going to be in the playoffs and have meaningful games after this. They should really just pull all their players and their starters. They're kind of wasting them." That's not the and wildest it, take in the world. At the time, I'm like, yeah, he's he's right. Like this is this is pointless. Like why try to come back here? Next week's game is going to be important. And the week after, and you're going to be in the playoffs. Like just stay healthy. Um, <laughs> I guess now that they 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 toughed it out and managed to win, uh, I guess maybe your game in a week or two is going to be less important. You might lock yourself into a playoff spot earlier, but yeah, I mean it was that type of game where it's like, well, this is over. Um. Yeah, the Colts. It was Ooh. it was particularly funny because the last few weeks the Vikings have been just eking out these games and or losing straight up losing like they did to the Lions and, and it's been Cowboys. like oh yeah the, that big loss of the yeah where that big loss of the Cowboys it's so for weeks it's been like oh the Vikings are frauds the Vikings are frauds and yeah they kind of are but. At halftime, in particular, of that game, it was you know all the all the Vikings pack was being lit up, and then the rest of the game comes, and now we have to be oh the Vikings won again. <laughs> but you yeah. spend the entire first half being like oh look at this we're finally being vindicated. Well, if you took the uh, if you took every one score game in the NFL this year and flipped the outcome, the Vikings would have the worst record in the NFL. That makes sense. I mean, they'd have I think two wins. That adds up. Just because they beat the Packers on opening day by a lot. And then I think they had one other. And the rest have been one-score games that they've managed to pretty much win all of them. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. And then you throw in, what, yeah, the Cowboys lost. Like, those are just losses. So, <laughs> uh, here's how I want to, like, look at what we've, like, since we've missed, you know, since we haven't talked about the NFL in a, in a bit. How many, like, real contenders are there and how real like each one is because i feel like the nfc is the eagles to lose outside of the eagles it's like yeah the cowboys look good the 49ers have come on for the most part i trust the 49ers to an extent yes but i feel like if brock purdy's in there in the nfc championship game you just don't know what's gonna happen i can't i can't sit here and confidently say brock purdy can win the NFC. He may very well announce himself as the next great quarterback who got lost into the draft and nobody cared about coming out of college. 
Um, but he also could come out and throw three interceptions and get, and get benched for like whoever's the backup there now. So, I mean, we're kind of clearly seeing that to a certain extent, and we have seen this over the years that a Kyle Shanahan offense is like kind of quarterback proof. It is. And I mean, Jimmy G made a Super Bowl. So that's, and they almost won the Super Bowl despite Jimmy G not, you know, yeah, doing anything wildly impressive or adding. I'd say, I don't say not adding value, but like they, they really just find these quarterbacks. They, they coach them up to where they don't throw interceptions. And then from there, they kind of hit wide open guys on play action. And it's so, like, yeah, just don't be reckless. And yeah. the, the offense will kind of like push itself down the field. And you're in a position where you don't need to be reckless because when the team is, is functioning the way it should, we're running the ball, we're playing good defense. And so you don't feel like you have to force anything. And mm-hmm. good coaching will do that. And a good team will do that. And the 49ers are playing really good defense. So I'm not going to count them out. But yeah, I would say it's the Eagles and which teams have chances to beat the Eagles. And it feels like the 49ers and Cowboys. And even the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys uh, is like, you can, how much can you trust the Cowboys? <laughs> and how many times have we seen in his, the past, history? Yeah. The past 10 years in particular. Because, um, like, it was really Romo's later years, they started to kind of at least be like more of a playoff competitor. Like the Des caught it year and all that. Yeah. Um, and then since, especially since Dak showed up, Dak's first year, they were really good. How many times have we seen like they get in the playoffs and all their flaws just come raging out? Yep. <laughs> and so that's that's one until I see it, I'm not going to trust it. So it's got to be the Eagles. So, yep. But the AFC, I mean, geez. <laughs> the AFC's got a lot going on. Like, if the Dolphins have shown me, despite their flaws, like they came out and played like that against the Bills, and they they could have very well won that game, um, which I didn't give them a shot of doing. If they can do some of that in the playoffs, then like, wh- wh- who's to say the Dolphins can't make like a Bengals type run? It's stuff like that. They could. We're in the yeah. NFC. I don't think I just don't give it a shot of happening. In the AFC, even like the not so good teams on a given night could just sneak one by you. Yeah, it's like the Dolphins, the Chargers, and the Jaguars are all teams where I think on any, like, I don't think that you're better than, say, the Chiefs or the Bills, but on a given week, maybe you just come out and you have the game of your life. Like, some teams don't have that ceiling. Those teams kind of do. Yeah, if you can... um... Yeah, I mean, the, you can look at each matchup and say this team's better. And, yeah, the AFC's full of teams where you say, could this team be better for this game? Probably. Um, if they come out and they play well enough, and you see this in the playoffs all the time, just play well enough to where it kind of just comes down to luck and it kind of comes down to a bounce somewhere, a weird play. Um, usually it's like a fumble going one way or the other. If you can get it down to that and you can just kind of be lucky, mm-hmm. yeah, you can beat somebody in Kansas it's City or Buffalo. Yeah, it's because with the Jags and the Chargers, you have great quarterbacks, or at least like for the Jaguars, their quarterback is finally showing himself to be great over the last month or so. And then the Dolphins, you have just a great offense in general where it's like, will Tua, how far can the rest of the offense drag your quarterback that's not like really much of anything special? But you have special wide receivers 
and a running game with really fast running backs and whatnot. But then I do think it's still like, you know, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills. And then the Ravens are like the wild card where it's like, yeah, they're clearly, they're a step above these other wild card teams in general. But, you know, with their quarterback, their defense, their coaching, but they got to get this offense right. And I'm not sure that they will. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, it's can... it's the three, it's a three horse race. If they figure of... they can run the ball, then sure, they could beat all those wild card teams and maybe you find a way to sneak past Kansas City in like some crazy scenario yeah. but yeah to me it's it's the it's a like it's a three horse race between Cincinnati, Kansas City, Buffalo to see who makes it to the AFC Championship game against probably each other but they have you know they got to watch out that they don't slip up along the way yeah like the, the AFC seeding. Championship should be something really good Right, and, I mean, even, and probably a, a rematch of something we've already seen this year, but still, even if a team like the Jaguars get finds their way into the playoffs and 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 sneaks into the AFC Championship game, like that, that's not a team that I would be angry to watch. No, not like the Jaguars a few years ago, where the Blake Bortles, the Blake Bortles AFC Championship game. Yeah, and it's just like oh that my was gosh. disgusting. Like this team's playing great defense. And they should have won that game also. (laughs) That's the the worst part of it. And they should have won that game and and gone to the Super Bowl. But it's just not a fun brand of of football to watch. Uh, But this this is a different Jaguars team, and they have the fun young quarterback. Um, So, yeah. And it's it's really like the the Jets-Patriots level where it's like, I don't need to see this. No. Those are the ones. Keep them away, please. And those are the teams where I – I don't really give them much of a shot as good as the jets can play defense. Um, and the jets at this point, it's, it's looking kind of grim. They kind of need to win tonight, but yeah. Uh, yeah, just not, it's not for me. Maybe, maybe if, if they can decide to go with Mike white and give him an off season and see if he can actually develop into a real starter, then maybe that's a team I, I kind of want to watch. But even then, we don't know yet if he's actually a flash in the pan or if he's, he's going to be good long term. I, I don't I'd lean I think toward, Mike White is. Yeah, I don't think that's the answer. Yeah, I'd lean toward. I don't think the answer is on the, the team right now. <laughs> Mike White almost is is too good because I think he'd win you a couple games and and put you out of a spot to where you can draft a quarterback. And the defense is too good, so I don't know what the Jets are going to do. They're kind of stuck. They're going to have to, like, spend money in free agency on a quarterback, basically. Uh, I feel like if you can go get, like, Derek Carr, that that turns you into, like, okay, I think you probably pick this team to make the playoffs next year. Yeah. Well, if you have Derek Carr, I mean, you figure they're at 7-7 seven and seven right now with all the turmoil they've had. I mean, they probably have nine wins right now. I don't see, yeah. why, I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, they lost 10-3 to three one week. <laughs> right, like Derek Carr for for his struggles is certainly not uh, putting up three points with this Jets team. Like you can tell, like when it comes to the Raiders, they're not bad because of Derek Carr. No, but they're also not in the playoffs because of Derek Carr in a way because he's not good enough to carry you. 
Yeah, he's just a he's a perfectly fine quarterback. Yes. He gets I don't know, maybe that I guess maybe there was a lot of hype around him and so so people kinda wanna tear him down more. He doesn't seem like the most likable guy, so maybe that's it also. But like no, he's he... a perfectly fine quarterback. You know, a lot of teams would be happy to have Derek Carr. Yeah. Now it's the price that comes with it. Right. Because yeah. I'm sure he wants to be paid like one of these top guys. He's just not that. No, and quarterbacks he's not that are guy. expensive. Mm-hmm. So that's something to look out for. But yeah, that's I mean, should be a fun last three weeks of the season. Yeah, I I am disappointed in the the Christmas Day slate, and that's one of those things where I, I guess bet this because... looked good on paper before the season. Oh my gosh, yeah, every game looked good on paper. Um, I think the the thing is since it's Christmas and it's not just some random Saturday or or whatever, it's hard to flex this because with Christmas you have these teams planning travel. I'm sure they've planned their Christmas around these games. Yep. So to flex stuff in and out, and for the teams on Saturday, for the, to suddenly flex them onto Christmas would kind of be a big deal. <laughs> yes. And so we're, we're, we end up stuck with these games. Um, but at the very least, the, the Broncos-Rams game, which on paper looks like it's probably going to be the worst of the day, and that's, that's saying a lot. Uh, that... Listen, Nickelodeon game. So, oh wow, yeah. Listen, Nickelodeon. Before I even knew that, Nickmas. <laughs> before I even knew that, I was going to say that is my favorite game of these three because the Broncos and Rams currently sit as the third and fourth picks in the draft, and neither of those teams own their pick. Oh, those man. picks will be going to the Seahawks and the Lions. So one of That's these amazing. one of these teams is going to see me not being a fan of either team gets the rest easy knowing that one of these teams is going to lose and make their pick that they don't own even better for that other team. And I just find that really funny in general. So the Christmas quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers to a Brett Rippon, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, yeah. Tom Brady, and maybe Colt McCoy. Um, I think if it's not Colt McCoy, it's Trace McSorley. Oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your uh, there's your lineup, and it'll still do monster ratings, like a stupid number because everyone's at home. Uh, there was a thing this week with uh, the Broncos and the Cardinals, kind of with uh, so the Broncos signed Jarrett Guarantano, <laughs> Jarrett Garantano. <laughs> Uh, to their 53-man roster off of the Cardinals practice squad, I believe. Or it was uh, that one way or the other, it was essentially both teams wanted this guy, and the Broncos jumped on it and got him first. I shared this. Jarek Garantano was quarterback at the University of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Our resident Tennessee expert, Logan Rothstein, I shared this news with him that the Broncos signed Jarek Garantano. And his response was, oh, my God, has Russ been that bad? Because <laughs> Jared Guarantano was not good. He's not, he was not very good at Tennessee. No. Like, to the no. same extent where it's like you look at, like, Iowa State and be like, oh, Brock Purdy? Like, he wasn't that good in college. Jared Garantano is a different level. <laughs> yeah, Brock Purdy at least, like, did something. Like, he had numbers. Yeah. He just, like, he's just a college quarterback. 
he's just one of those. Right. It's, he's he's kind of found his way. Um, yeah, it's crazy some of these quarterbacks that pop up on these on these like yeah towards the end of the year when yeah. guys are getting hurt. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. I mean, it's crazy the guys that are getting playing time. Yeah. So you know, by the that's why we uh, here's a transition. We can probably get uh. Maybe by week 15, 16, 17 next year, see some Tyson Bajan action in, the, in some NFL games. That would be amazing. Unless he gets saddled by, you know, he gets drafted by a team that just like has a really healthy quarterback. That would be the worst. Right? Just I like need- someone that never gets hurt, and, like plays like, you know, consecutive games, a played streak and all that, like an Eli Manning or a Brett Farr. It's just like, you know. Need me a, need me a, a brittle boy. <clears throat> yeah. Get him on the get him on the Rams. Get him on the Cardinals. Get him somewhere like that. You know? Tell you what, man, Steelers wouldn't be a bad one. Oh yeah, because uh, Trubisky might be gone. They might let Mason Rudolph go, and then they figure, all right, well, let's just you know, let's find somebody here, and then the sixth round or whatever, draft him. Suddenly, he he wins this the the backup spot over uh, Chris Olodekun or whatever his name is, <laughs> um, and then you know Kenny Pickett, not the, the most you know sturdy guy, takes a lot of hits. He's a little reckless. He he'll, runs, he'll yeah, run he'll he, run around a bit. He's a he's a feisty one, so he likes to t- hit the he he's like small Josh Allen, even though he is like six two or six three, um, yeah. small Josh Allen. It's because he likes to he he wants to scramble out of that pocket. And and take on contact, and suddenly uh, Tyson Bajan out there handing the ball to Najee Harris. Yeah, and the reason I wanted to bring this up is because, well, boy, I thought we were done talking about Shepherd football, and we I thought we had had a we did a old comprehensive uh, breakdown of what next year's team would look like. Man, and then uh, well, we got thrown some curveball this this week. They really some... blew that up. Yeah, so. It really st- at first it started with uh, you know I think we mentioned this last week that uh or di- no actually this hadn't happened yet that uh, think, the offensive think... coordinator Tyler Haynes accepted the uh, head coaching job at what was it Catawba College or was yeah the, um, uh, I don't think anything had happened yet yeah so there was that which you know they've had three offensive coordinators in the last three years and they've just, they've come in and plugged guys in brought them in from different schools. Whatever. That's the thing that I've I've looked at. I wouldn't expect an internal hire because their last three have not been. So it's just to look for someone new, maybe an offensive coordinator from a smaller PSAC school that has a good offense, something like that. That's what they, you know, uh, Jesse Corral came from Shippensburg. Tyler Haynes was at one point offensive coordinator at IUP. Uh, guy before them was offensive coordinator at Frostburg. So they'll look around for something like that. But then Marlon Cook enters the portal. And Ronnie Brown declares for the draft. Yeah, of all the moves, it's like, all right, the coaches leave. This is, you know, if 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 you're gonna get a head coaching spot from that position, that this is this is the time to do it. So I can't blame can't blame that uh, for happening. Um, you know, guys transfer some. You know, Marlin transferring that was a little strange, but you know, we just don't know. I guess it's like uh, the, the really good quarterback's gone. Let me see if I can go find a different one. Yeah, you know? I mean, you know, I'm not talking on his behalf, but if guy, guys can put up numbers and just not love the school or not love the situation, like there's a million things that could play into that. So, right. 
Um, he might be want to be closer to home. I don't know where he's from, but that yeah. could be a factor. Like, it's, it's tons of things. It happens, even with yeah. players. But Ronnie going to the NFL, did not see that at all. No, that, that was not on my, on my radar, I, I was say. prepared, and I got a notification from somebody. Um, I think it might have been Russ saying something about this move is surprising or something like that. And I was like, this is probably – well, uh, part of me was like, well, this is probably Ronnie announcing he's in the transfer portal. But I don't know why he'd say that's surprising. Because I think, I think a lot of us had the thought Ronnie might hit the portal to see if he can get – kind of move up a level to get more NFL looks. Mm-hmm. Because he – I mean, he's really good. Like, I wouldn't blame him if he did that because, like – uh, he's just one of those guys. Like he, he absolutely could go up a level and 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 show off a little bit. Never thought he would he would declare for the draft. That was surprising. So it's a little different because of the COVID year. First of all, uh, listen to Ronnie's interview on the Sports Mix on uh, WRNR uh, TV ten, and he said transferring was never in his mind. It was never going to happen. Not a not it was, he wasn't going to do that to Shepard. He it was Shepard or bust. Wow. And he said he said he knew he could make it to the NFL from Shepard. And the first thing he said was, you know, it was like three. It took him like three words to mention my son and my family. Mm. It's like mm, okay. So the, with the COVID year, Ronnie was technically a senior. This was his fourth year at Shepard. So it, he's declaring early in the sense that he's not out of eligibility, but he is graduating most likely this year. Got, Got his degree and going to go. So he had another year, but my original, my instinct was, oh man, he could have like really lit it up next year when the, the offense was focused on him. And, you know, he could have won the Harlan Hill and that kind of thing. But the more I thought about it, it made, it made sense to me. Because at the very least, if I'm an NFL guy and I already know who Ronnie Brown is, I want him this year because I want a running back with, le- with the least amount of miles on him at the, and I want any player at all at the youngest age possible. And if he stays another year, he's another year older and yeah. it'll be used against him in that way. That's and true. He'll have, he'll have another year of carries on, on, his, on his plate. And, you know, that's more mileage on the tires, as you could say, as Nick Ferzellini said on the, on the sports mix. Um, so from that perspective, I, I understood it. My thing would, was just like, man, how many people know who you are at this point? But every NFL team visited Shepard this year, at least one scout watching Tyson for the most part, but also watching Joey, Joey Fisher. And, you know, along the way, anyone that watches Tyson's film is going to see, oh man, who's this running back? Yeah. So and do you say, oh, he's in the he's in the draft? You're like, oh, we can actually pay attention to this guy now. And you know that pro day, all the all the scouts that are going to be at the pro day for Tyson, Joey and Ronnie can also get in on that action and benefit from it. Yeah, that's all. Those are all really good points. I was thinking also, um, you know, he's definitely missing out on like just numbers and accolades. Yeah, like, the, like I'm, I just have a hard time seeing him not 
come out and like you know lead the nation in all purpose yards and conference right. offensive player of the year harlan hill candidate like that that all probably would have happened i think we can assume right because um, we even said last week we did the math right I did the math if you give him 300 carries instead of 200 carries and you say instead of a one yard per carry drop off like he had between this year and last year he drops off by two yards a carry it was still 1800 yards rushing which would yeah. be like top three in that, that's what he had this year and he was second in the nation in rushing yeah. yards and so you figure that and i think i think his position is really what probably pushed this i think if you're a quarterback you're a wide receiver you might just hang around another year right just but but the the wear and tear you get at running back um and he's been pretty fortunate to not have any like serious injuries and be really banged up i mean he's 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 fast and and can be a little shifty so he doesn't take a lot of big hits um and he's got a good offensive line so he's avoided that but um i mean those 300 carries they all count i mean they're getting hit so that's reasonable and and i think also in his mind i'm sure and everyone he's been talking to because I doubt it's just him making this decision. I'm sure there's friends, family involved with and helping with this. Uh, What more, just from a film perspective, what more could you really put on film that you haven't already? Yeah. Kick return, running the ball, catching the ball. Like, I don't, there's not much more to do from that perspective. Yeah. In a sense, you could say, well, someone can look at him and say, well, the passing game opened up the run game. It's like, well, in the NFL today, it's kind of every team. Every, yeah. Like the way that like, are you going to, you're not going to pound the rock 30 times a game unless you're, you know, how many teams do that? You got Derrick Henry uh, on the, and the Titans. You got the Ravens because they have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. And, you know, maybe the Browns because they have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yeah. That's about it. Everybody else airs it out. It's a so different it's like league. Your, your running back is kind of, it can be by committee. And it can really just take one guy getting a few, you know, handful of snaps and getting some big runs off. And that's basically what Ronnie's been, Ronnie's been doing. He had 200 carries this year. It's not a whole lot, but it's probably about the bar for what you're going to do in the NFL. Yeah, and it's – yeah, can can that guy sustain, sustain, you know, his output even, you know, even with a good number of carries but nothing insane? Like, does he hold up? Does he still have that burst? And he he had all of that. Like he didn't. He looked the same in the the. He, it may be even better in the the final game compared to the first couple. Um, so he got better year over year. And I didn't really even think about this when I first heard the news. But I mean, kind of being able to to have a guy like Tyson who is garnering this attention. And you probably feel like, you know, at your position, you've been as good as anybody in Division Two. You probably deserve some of that spotlight. And so you might as well take advantage with all these eyes on you because next year, you know, the NFL guys come to Shepard every year, right? They're scouts from at least a few teams, particularly right. Washington and, and Baltimore because they're close. I mean, you just see it every now and then. Um, but the fact that you had all 32 this season – um, who at least become aware of you, you're going to have a pro day with, with, you know, probably the biggest pro day. I'm uh, not probably, it is going to be the biggest pro day 
in Shepherd football history. Yeah. Um, that's that's an opportunity I think to take advantage of, and I didn't really think of when I first saw this because I first saw I first saw the decision, and my first thought was like, what is he doing? This makes that no was sense. that was that was my that's what I did too. I mean, genuinely, I was like, well, and, and it's not a knock on him as a player because he's extremely good. Like he stands out on the field every time he gets the ball, but I'm just like, man, it, it doesn't he want to put up more numbers? Like, doesn't he want to have the offense to himself to to get the eyes on him? But I guess when you really look at it, the eyes are here right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, listen, there's nothing wrong with it. You got big shot quarterback there bringing all the NFL guys. They're not just gonna not pay attention to you at that pro day. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be there looking at Tyson. But listen, if there's some other guys there trying to show off, and you go do your thing, they're gonna see that because um, yeah. you're good. And so looking at it from that perspective, I think it makes a lot more sense. And I mean, that's the thought that was put into it. I'm sure. From, from his perspective, I mean, he didn't just yeah. willy-nilly go, hey, you know, I think I'm going to try the NFL draft. Let's try this. So, right. um, I don't know. I don't, and, and you know, I don't know what the talk is in NFL circles. I mean, we've heard some just buzz around Tyson, certainly a, a lot of media coverage uh, for him. Uh, don't know what that outlook looks like for Ronnie. But, you know, I don't see why someone couldn't couldn't fall in love with him and and sign him as an undrafted free agent. Like, I don't yeah. see why that – that doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, and if all else fails, you have the XFL, the CFL, the USFL starting back uh, starting up. I mean, obviously, he wanted to go make his money as soon as he could. That's fair. And I'm sure those other, those other leagues will – they you know, they pay, like, a living salary – a living wage a living wage to to do what you're best at and what you love i mean yes. that's you know but hey if you can get on an nfl practice squad for a year <laughs> yeah like a practice people, squad is people. is like a few months of the year and they pay like i've looked at this a little while ago you're making but six I, figures I think, yeah like something like like, like not it's, bad it's it looks <laughs> it looks like nothing for nfl money but to regular man money, it's a lot of money. So, it, the practice squad is eleven thousand five hundred dollars a week. There you go. Which, if you stay on for all eighteen weeks of the regular season, equals two hundred seven thousand dollars. But even if you're only on the on the on the uh, the practice squad for a month, that's forty k. I'm cool like, with that. Yeah. Can I let me get, let me on an NFL practice squad for two months and then I'll just. Uh... I won't work for a year or two. Like, yeah. (laughs) Right. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. My God. Yeah, that's a good living right there. Yeah. But best of luck to him. Obviously, going to be rooting for him. Um, And it's, you know, it's another guy to to keep an eye on this draft season. I mean, we already had it going. I mean, obviously, Tyson, that's just, it's going to be a whole thing. It sure is. It's going to be an interesting process to see. I mean, I'm going to be. The senior bowl is really, it's, it's really going to kick in the gear. And I believe that's, that's uh, what was, or it still is, Pro Bowl week is okay. uh, senior bowl week. So between, between the championship games and the Super Bowl. We're going to have the old NFL network running in the background. Just going to keep an eye on that. <coughs> yeah. What, uh, see what type of interviews might pop up. We'll, we'll see who's impressing 
at the yeah. Senior Bowl, but man, it's gonna be uh gonna be different for for Shepherd fans this off season. We've never really had one like this. Right, and it's going to be an interesting offseason in terms of what's next year's team going to look like now because, I mean, your wide receiver room, you're losing – you might be – we we should say, we don't know you're losing Marlon Cook. Yeah. As we, we've said it a bunch of times, we said it with Tyson last year, just because you entered the portal doesn't mean you're going to leave. Yeah. And he, he didn't leave. Now, Marlon Cook, you know, it's a different situation, probably more likely that he leaves. Um, but now you're also replacing your quarterback – running back number one wide receiver p- potentially yeah you're gonna bring back ryan beach who you know when he's healthy is your number one wide receiver so that's good you're gonna bring back most of your other guys you're losing your tight end who was your number two receiver in uh yards and catches and all that this year so there's a lot to replace on offense now but shepherd typically re reloads pretty well you still have blake hartman who I've I've heard may have some injury issues, Liz Frank injury issues that have popped up, popped back up potentially. Mm. Hopefully that doesn't turn out to be more of uh, a lingering problem into the next year. Yeah, but but we'll see. So there's a lot of things up in the air. The transfer portal is it's wide open. You can come and go as you please. And listen, so it, we, can, get, it can it can be hurtful in losing guys like Cook. But it can help by getting who knows who. Yeah, I mean, if we if we got guys in the portal, you can bet other teams do, and they're probably looking at Shepard, <laughs> just like our guys might be looking at, at their school. So I said quarterbacks, quarterbacks might be looking. Say, hey, there's Tyson Tyson Bajent. He's one hundred. If he can if he can do the, all that at Shepard, what can I do? And if we got a quarterback who who believes they are that good, and if the if if the coaches take a look at some of these guys and they they know that they're that good, but maybe it's the team's holding them back, they're not in a great situation. You could just plug plug them right on in, and like we even before all this unfolded, um, with what we knew was what we knew we were losing, um, we were still the mindset that like yeah, Shepard just kind of plugs these got new guys in, and they they keep it rolling. We've seen it for a long time now. And even with all that, this turnover, guys in the portal, there's still no reason to think that they can't just reload. And yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be like another semifinal year. Maybe we take a year or two off from that. Right, but again, right. like, there's no reason. You have no reason to just completely rule them out, right? No. At the, I mean, at the very least, you know, if you get some favorable. It's just going to be more question. It's going to be more question marks now. That's you get you get some of your better teams at home. You pull an upset or two, and then you you beat the rest. Who, I mean, look at the bottom half, the middle of the conference. I mean, you replace these guys with anywhere close to what we had. You're still one of the better teams in the conference. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just. It, it's 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 not like the, the looking at WVU and it's like panic button every off season because they are just <laughs> right. hemorrhaging players into the transfer portal um, and it's a mess. Uh, it's a little different when you're at Shepherd. You can just kind of chill out. Things generally work themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, a down year for this team is losing like three games. So yeah, and even that, if you lose three games, you miss the playoffs. You still won a lot of games. You probably had some fun at home. 
we can live with that as fans. We've been spoiled. Yes. Now <laughs> we'll see way. how that sounds uh, in the in October. Right. If you know, suddenly we're one and two. <laughs> maybe the <laughs> maybe uh, <laughs> maybe we have an emergency podcast. It might be a whole thing. But till then, I'm chilling. I think they'll start one and zero at least because I don't think Southern Connecticut State's going to be there. There you go. Shouldn't be a problem. Shepherd football is already one and zero. There you go. Uh, it's just a lot of more question marks now. Like we thought, it's like you know the team might still be good, but who who is it? You know, we, we yeah. don't really know now. And we it was already who was going to be the quarterback. Now it's just also who's going to be the running back. And you know, how many how many wide receivers do we can we rely on from week one? Right and. Uh, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on because when you're a program like Shepard, there's not like constantly breaking news and message boards covering the team's every move. Yeah. So it might be like uh, we get a kind of glimpse at what's happening at the spring game. And then until then, it might just be a lot of sitting and waiting until we get into training camp and, and, and things like that. So we can, schedule releases and the roster gets uploaded like it's gonna be a lot of waiting around i think because we're only getting so much i mean coaching moves we'll we'll probably hear about but um in terms of guys coming in through the portal uh the only way we're probably going to hear about that is if the player themselves posted on social media and then a shepherd player retweets it or shares it right that's probably going to be how we get our news here yeah pretty much it's just there's just you know we don't got the unless the, it's someone that's state. already known locally, like you know a, a Gerard Bowie type. Because Blake Hartman, it was we kind of knew about him at yeah. the time because yeah. he went to Musselman. It's a pretty local program. I mean, a lot of these guys from within an hour or two. So the the the, the football connections go deep when you're only within a couple hours distance because a lot of these guys played each other in yep. high school. So. Yep. They keep in touch and train with each other. So we'll keep an eye on Shepard. That's hopefully all the updates we have uh, for now because I'm exhausted. Yes. Yeah, Can we have a couple weeks where it's just like no football news? The basketball team gets a couple wins. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I'm kind of excited for the new year. I think the men's basketball team has a chance to kind of go on a little run. Yeah, I mean they, we've they, we've seen them compete against Virginia Union, a top twenty-five team, um, and even in years past, the way they compete against some of these ranked teams at home, uh, and they, I believe they're sitting at five and three right now. After some, they've had a couple tough losses. I think mm-hmm. they'll be all right. Yeah, I'm excited. And the less said about the women's team, the better. Yeah, we'll 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 celebrate the win if it comes. We'll, we'll hype them up a little if but it comes until then i just it just makes me sad yeah so <laughs> i mean they're playing they're playing hard out there you know they're playing hard you do what you it's can do group. listen if somebody's better than you that's that is what it is yep we we lived with it in football uh, a couple weeks ago so it's just how it goes yep but listen iup men ranked number one in the country this week yeah uh, i imagine they'll be sitting around that mark whenever they come to shepherdstown if they do yeah, I don't know if we'll get them at home. The way the scheduling is, I'll have to I'll have to take a. Piece, I think but... I don't think they're even guaranteed to to play them this year. Yeah, that's I know thing. the women's team doesn't play Cal, but that's a team where um, 
that's a team I kind of want to face at home just to, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a good benchmark, right? Cause if you lose, it's like, okay. But if you lose close or even win, then it's like, all right, we got a, we got a team here. So I'll quickly scroll through the schedule here. I'm just... scrolling through it too. Yeah. Uh, IUP. No, no. Nope. Well, Not on the schedule, it's a loss you avoid at the very least. But exactly, still yep. plenty of good teams. I mean, Shippenberg's always got a good squad, so. Mm-hmm. But no East reason they can't, no reason yeah. they can't make a little noise in the the conference tournament this year. I think. Uh, yeah. I think we got a good team here. We just gotta keep playing good defense because they are a good defensive team, and uh, the bucket getters must stay consistent because yes. outside of the two or three bucket getters. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the points are kind of just it's it's a lot of Dan, PJ, John. But man, and, when Dan's got then, it going from the mid range, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's over. Yep. You know what else is over? This podcast. Oh, unless you got a lot more. I don't think I have any more really. My whole day's gonna be thrown off now. I'm doing this in the morning. Yeah, be like getting ready. For it's bed. already thrown off by it being Thursday. Yeah. I guess twelve thirty. Got to go eat some lunch here. Yeah, I'm gonna eat some lunch here in a minute too. Figure out. I think I got a leftover burger in the fridge. Might do that. So. Yeah, I'm gonna use the bathroom. I've been holding it for like forty five minutes. Sorry <laughs> 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 already to finish the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right, just folks, about. Well, have have a have a very merry Christmas and a happy New Year. I guess and happy and happy holidays. You know, happy holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, the whole. Boxing day, thing. you know. I guess you might hear from us next week. We'll see. I'm probably. Um. Yeah. I don't see why not. So we'll 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 see once more before the the calendar turns over. Yeah. And okay. as always, go Rams. Grams. Grams. <laughs>